podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm hitting the record button just as the last few pressers are finishing up on Friday afternoon. The Game Week 2 deadline is tonight, 6.15pm UK time. Don't get caught out, it's 15 minutes earlier than it was last Friday. The deadline is 90 minutes before Nottingham Forest versus Sheffield United kicks off, so we've got some Friday night football to enjoy. Tonight is the night goalkeeper Matt Turner becomes an FPL hero, hopefully. It's a blank game week for Luton and Burnley, which doesn't impact our teams too much. It just gives us less subs in most cases, with the likes of Bayer, Kabori and Nakamba not having a game. I'm hoping it's a blank game week for the Liverpool assets as well, as I don't own any of them for the Bournemouth fixture at home. On today's podcast, I'll round up the pressers, answer listener questions, discuss the captaincy and talk you through my transfer plans and team for the weekend. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and leave a review as well. Quick run through of the team news ahead of Game Week 2 in alphabetical order starting at Arsenal. Timber, as we know, has been ruled out long term. Gabriel Jesus remains out, but Zinchenko should be back very soon, according to Arteta. I think Zinchenko played in a behind-closed-doors friendly against Luton yesterday or the day before. On the signing of David Raya, Arteta has said, we now have two excellent goalkeepers who fit our style. So basically, as FPL managers, we don't really know what's going to happen with the Arsenal goalkeeper position. My guess is Ramsdale keeps his place for now, but that could change in the near future. There's been no updates from Aston Villa at the time of recording. At Bournemouth, Senesi and Ahrens are fine. But players ruled out are Smith, Fredericks, Tavernier, Marcondes, Scott, Utara and Cook. Also no updates at Brentford's at the time of recording. At Brighton, everybody is good for Saturday's game. We don't have any problems, according to De Zerbi. There was a few rumours floating about this week on FPL Twitter about Estupinen. But I think that's just the nature of the start of the season. Rumours, rumours, rumours. But thankfully, De Zerbi has cleared that up and said everybody is fine for Saturday. He had a few comments on Evan Ferguson as well. He said, Evan is another unique player in our team. He's very young and it's difficult for me to decide the first 11. I have to put great players on the bench, but I think he has improved. He still hasn't reached his full potential and he can improve a lot. So most of us would love Ferguson to be an FPL prospect, but I think with Welbeck there and a few others, we're going to see a lot of rotation in the Brighton front line. So at the moment, I don't think Ferguson is an FPL pick. I think Joe Pedro is the place to go if you're looking for a Brighton forward. Burnley don't have a fixture at Chelsea. The big news this week, Rhys James is injured again. He's always a transfer waiting to have him if you pick him in FPL. Thankfully, I went for Chilwell instead. Game week one, Pochettino's comments on Rhys James. He said, it's not a few days, it's a few weeks. The good thing is it's not a big issue. So we're looking at a couple of weeks probably. Uh, so I think if you have reached James, you bench him if you can, but more likely you probably want to sell him for Chilwell or a Stupinen or someone like that. Also at Chelsea, Pochettino was asked about new signings Caicedo or Lavia. Would they start this weekend? He said, we need to assess them. They've 
It's been a stressful few weeks for Moises and Romeo. We don't need to rush them. If they're ready tomorrow, they will be involved. And if not, we will wait a few more days. At Crystal Palace, Gehi is available. Just about a cramp last week. Olise, who signed a new contract. Great to see that. He's still out for another couple of weeks. At Everton, Calvert-Lewin got some more minutes in his legs. In a friendly, he is available for selection for Game Week 2. At Fulham, Mitrovic has been ruled out through injury. Is it really an injury or is there stuff happening there with transfers? But he's going to be out for this weekend. Good news for Fulham though, Paulinha has recovered from his shoulder injury and he is fit. At Liverpool, Salah was subbed early last week, but Klopp came out today and said he's had a super training week. If you own Mohamed Salah, I think you captain Mohamed Salah for Gimme 2. But Cheric and Thiago Alcantara are really close to return to action. Luton don't have a fixture. Manchester City, John Stones has been ruled out. So, Rhys James is out and John Stones is out. Some people have doubts over Gabriel. So, defence is a bit of a mess already in Game 2 for a lot of FPL teams. So, lots of defender questions to come later in the podcast. Stones has a muscular issue. There's no time frame on his return. Ruben Diaz... Initially, um, initially Pep said he was out, but then he kind of backtracked and said he has a chance of being back. So Diaz has a chance of playing in Game 2. Bernardo Silva is a doubt, and Kevin De Bruyne is out long-term, probably looking at four or five months for KDB. At Manchester United, new striker Hoyland remains out. Centre-back Martinez trained on Thursday and should be available, so that's good news. At Newcastle, nothing of note. Nottingham Forest, Awonyi, is in a much better place, so we could see him starting games in the near future. At Sheffield United, there was a few concerns over Baldock last week, but according to the manager, he is okay. At Tottenham, Romero is fine after his head knock last week. He's available. West Ham have a fully fit squad, including new signings Ward-Prowse and Alvarez, who are available for selection. And finally, nothing of note at Wolves. So that is your team news wrapped up. Nice and easy, nice and short, ahead of Game Week 2. Before I get into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you would like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General. There's also a link on my Twitter for that. You'll get ITS podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Any questions you have about becoming a Patreon subscriber, send me a DM on Twitter. Time to get stuck into some listener questions now. I'll get through these as quick as I can, as I'm conscious that people will be listening to this quite close to the deadline. First one is from Grant Winter. Is it worth starting Turner over Onana? Would love to be able to start him, but unsure if it's a smart move to start a 4 million goalkeeper over my consistent 5 million goalkeeper. So a lot of people with Turner on the bench this week are starting him. I'm going to start him over Johnston. That's an easier decision because Johnston plays Arsenal. People are going to start uh, Turner over Pickford as well because Pickford plays Aston Villa away. I think it's it's a harder decision when it's Turner versus Onana. I don't like letting ownership come into my thinking, but it's hard to ignore it when Onana is the highest owned goalkeeper in the game. 29.4%. He plays Tottenham. But when I simplify it, you know, I don't really expect a clean sheet for United against Tottenham. And, you know, the bookies' odds on clean sheets favour Nottingham Forest by quite a distance over Manchester United this week for a clean sheet. So I'm happy to start Turner over Johnston. 
And I think I would just about go Turner over Onana as well. But I do think the Turner-Onana decision is not an easy one compared to some of the other goalkeeper comparisons. Question from Chris. Chris made an early transfer to avoid a price drop. Unfortunately, that player was Rhys James. Do I take him out for someone like Shaw for a hit? Already have Chilwell and Estupin in. Or will I get away with the James price drop by holding until I have the free transfer to swap? So overall, take this as a lesson this season. Everyone who's listening, you know, don't worry about price drops. Don't worry about price rises. Wait for information. We've seen it this week. James is out. John Stones has just been ruled out. You know, it's there's no point chasing team value. There's always a solution. Wait until Friday to make your transfers after the pressers. You know, if you do that all season consistently, you know, you'll be absolutely fine. You might, you know, miss out on one or two players in terms of, you know, value and stuff like that. But like I said, there's always a solution. And, you know, the, the, your first target is not always the one that scores the most points. Target two or target three, who are a little bit cheaper, could end up scoring more points anyway. So don't stress over price drops and price rises. Wait for information. If I had Reese James in my team now, also Chilwell and Estupin in, what would I do? I guess it depends on who your third defender is. If you've got a decent third defender with a decent fixture this week, you just keep James and you sell him for a free transfer next week rather than taking a minus four this week. If you've got Chilwell, Estupin in, Reese James and nobody else, let's say you've got a buyer and a bell who don't have fixtures this week, or if you've got a Stones or a Mings, or if you've got doubts over Gabriel, Gabriel's slightly different because I think Gabriel has a decent chance of coming back into the Arsenal team. So if rather than taking a minus four, I would start Gabriel if you have him and hope for the best. But if you have those others I mentioned, you know, Stones, Tyrone Mings, guys who've been ruled out, then you might need to take a minus four just to get three defenders on the pitch. I don't mind it in that case, but that's the only scenario where I would take the minus four in that situation. Question from Dave. With the increase in new managers each year, do you still value waiting on transfers to gain more information in the early season? Or do you feel a greater need to move early for budget reasons to move players in or out? Who kind of covered this in a previous question. I'm always open to making earlier transfers, you know, maybe between game week one and game week four, because as you've probably seen this week, if you're new to FPL, the price changes do happen quite quickly. Players rise, players drop. I think Chilwell went up. Um, Stones dropped a couple of days ago. So, you know, it prices you out very quickly. And that's why leaving 0.5 or 1 million in the bank to begin with is quite sensible. And it does make things easier. But my style of play hasn't changed. I'm still very patient. You know, I'm banking my transfer this week. I don't feel like I need to rush to get any players because the price changes. So I'm still very much waiting for information. And this week just re- really reinforced that for me. You know, so much can change in the space of four or five days. I'd much rather ha- still having that free transfer by the time I get to Friday. If I miss out on the target, so be it. Um, you know, there's always exceptions. You know, if I didn't have Chilwell already in my Game 8 1 team, and I had a John Stones or something this week, for example. Maybe if we rewind back to Monday or Tuesday, if I had 0.0 wiggle room to do that, I probably would have, if I, if I just thought to myself, I really need Chilwell, don't want to waste any time, don't want to get priced out, I probably would have just went for it. You know, people who went for Chilwell Monday or Tuesday this week, that's absolutely fine. There's certain exceptions, you know, if players, if you think a player is absolutely necessary, you don't need to wait. But again, there's only a couple of players that I would put in that bracket. Question from Dries. Happy with my defence, but with the news that James is out, is it worth swapping my 4 million defender to Gusto, or would that be a waste of a transfer? So yeah, a lot of people are getting excited about Malo Gusto now at Chelsea. He's a right back. He's only 4 million, but there's no guarantee that he'll start every game. 
We could see someone like De Sassi play at right back. I've seen a few tweets today linking Chelsea with a new defender and my understanding that he is a right back. So just be careful with Gusto. Um, you know, if it's a case of either selling your 4 million defender this week to get Gusto or banking your transfer, just bank your transfer. Give yourself an extra week of information. You're probably not going to use Gusto in your starting 11 anyway in game week two. So my advice on Gusto is wait and see, wait for more information. Transfer window still open, so there could be a few more signings there for Chelsea. Question from Rich. If I unfortunately have Gabriel and Stones, should I swap out for someone like Henry or go early on Trippier? So again, for me in my book at the moment, the top two defenders, Chilwell and Estupinen, if you already have those two, only then I would start looking at someone like a Rico Henry. I do think Rico Henry was the standout 4.5 million defender game week one. Lots of chances created, I think two big chances, he got the assist. Brentford just kind of a steady Eddie team that you know should take over nicely over the season. If Henry, you know, you'll play him some weeks when the fixtures are good or when you need him. So if you have Gabriel and Stones, if you're looking a bit dodgy in defence, I'd probably sell Stones because he's confirmed out. Um, someone like Arrigo Henry I'd like, you know, free up a bit of money, uh, free up what's that fat yeah 0.5 actually free up a million if you go Rico Henry from John Stone so I like that Trippier I'm probably going to end up going on him but not till game me four game me five so I don't think you go there just yet when he's got City and Liverpool I think it is in the next two games so yeah Chilwell Estupinen Rico Henry those are the guys you want to be looking at I guess you could take a punt on Guardiol but again no guarantee that he starts even with one or two of the others possibly not playing Question from Paul. If I'm choosing between Gabriel, who is more likely to get a clean sheet if he plays, and Udogi at Tottenham, who's more likely to get attacking points against Manchester United, who would you choose? So do I start Gabriel or do you start Udogi at Tottenham? I, I, I think I would gamble on Gabriel starting against Palace. I would go after the clean sheet rather than the possible attacking returns at Tottenham. Uh, Udogi looks good didn't blow me away game week one in terms of his attacking potential but I do know he's got good numbers behind him uh, from previous clubs and stuff like that but yeah I would just back the Arsenal defender back the better defence and I am quite confident that Gabriel will come back in and if he doesn't come back in hopefully Arteta just leaves him on the bench this time and you'll get the Tottenham man anyway so Gabriel over Udogi gets my vote question from FPL Koboloy moving away from the defenders thankfully would you keep Joe Pedro away to Wolves or would you move to Nicholas Jackson a week early for his game at West Ham? So it sounds like Koboloy was planning Joe Pedro to Jackson game week three, now considering bringing, bringing it forward a week. I see absolutely no reason to sell Joe Pedro. Uh, yes, Jackson is attractive, looked good game week one, he's got the fixtures, but you know West Ham away is not an easy fixture game week two. But Joe Pedro scored, we know he takes penalties, he plays for a brilliant attacking team. I would not sell Joe Pedro. Um, I can understand why you're tempted, but I would much prefer save your transfer and then decide what to do game week three onwards. Joe Pedro, if he gets lots of minutes this season, he could be a season keeper at 5.5. Question from Eric. What are your thoughts on Enzo Fernandez? Eric says, with Caicedo signing and now Reese James getting his annual injury, Enzo might be on penalties. It was a masterclass against Liverpool. How advanced will he play against weaker teams? And he also took most set pieces. I did not think Enzo Fernandez would ever come up in conversation on this FPL podcast, but here we are, game week two. He was excellent game week one. He took a lot of corners. He's probably going to take some indirect free kicks. He's 
got a very good chance of penalties, I think, especially now that James is out of the picture. So, and again, if Caicedo is going to be protecting the back four, if Labia is there as an option as well, we could see Enzo playing closer to goal. So at 5 million, I think I'm going to be adding him to the watch list ahead of game week three if he performs well again this weekend. So keep a very close eye on him. Now that Reese James is gone as an option as well, that's an extra Chelsea spot we can use for someone like an Enzo. So yeah, I am going to keep a very, very close eye there. And I think he could emerge as an FPL option, which, like I said, I didn't think would be the case. Next question is from Nick Grounds. Should I transfer Foden out for one of the 6.5 options like Eze, Matoma, Bumo, Diaby or Solly March? Or is it worth holding a transfer for greater clarity? Foden's a really tricky one. I had a lot of questions on Foden this week. What do you do if you own him? Obviously, you didn't pick him in game week one just for one game week. But there's other options that are very, very tempting. Foden, I think, played 90 minutes midweek as well against Sevilla in that ridiculously timed game. You know, have, you know, right between game week one and game week two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really conflicted on this one. I'm trying to put myself in the scenario if I own Foden. I probably would fall on the side of my usual strategy. Keep him for one more week. Extra week of information. Two free transfers. Then maybe, you know, a bit more surgery game week three. But I've seen a few people go from Foden to Madison this week. Yes, it's not a great fixture against Manchester United. But Madison's probably going to be a long-term hold. I think that's absolutely fine. You could even go Foden to a... Luis Diaz or something like that you know punt on the Liverpool fixture against against Bournemouth and then the other players you mentioned Eze, Matoma Mbumo, Diaby and Solly Martz are all really attractive FPL picks so I wouldn't stop anyone from selling Foden this week if you're concerned about his game time this weekend if you think he gets 60-70 if you think there's a chance he's benched why not just use your transfer maybe if you see it as a problem fix the problem early and get yourself a 90 minute player uh, yeah, I certainly do like the Madison move, even though it is, uh, even though it is Manchester United this week. But yeah, Foden's a tricky one. I think there's no right or wrong answer here. You could just keep him uh, one more week. Hope he starts against Newcastle again. Not a great fixture, but uh, yeah, I think I would. Again, this is why I didn't go there game week one because he's a player you always end up thinking right. Should I just sell him now because he comes a bit of a headache. Um, so maybe I would just fix the problem and go somewhere else. Question from Jen. If we have the double up of Rashford and Bruno, should we drop one of them? Or should we wait and roll the transfer and see what happens? Give me two. For context, I have only one Arsenal midfielder and no Salah. So you're probably not going to be able to get the Salah from Rashford or Bruno unless you've got a very healthy bank account. If you've only got one Arsenal midfielder, I don't think that's a huge issue. I would like to say that that's going to be Saka. I think he's the best Arsenal midfielder. I can see, you know, people are very tempted to straight away get off double Manchester United midfield, but it was only one game. Never read too much into one game. So I think the best advice here is, and this is what I'm doing, keeping Bruno, keeping Rashford, hoping for a better performance against Tottenham. But if it's not a better performance, you know, selling someone like a Bruno, if he blanks, to Madison, give me three. When Tottenham's fixtures, give me three, four and five are really good to me is the best approach. So I would give them the Tottenham game, give yourself an extra transfer for give me three, and then we can decide what to do with another week of info. Question from Chris Duke. If I've got no headaches for give me two and a team that's very well set up for give me three, would you swap Rashford for Salah and captain him? I've got 3.5 in the bank. We could all do with some of your cash, Chris. Well done. Well done on being able to keep that much in your in your bank in Game Week 1. Maybe you had this in mind for Game Week 2. Could bring Rashford back for the Forest at home game in Game Week 3 with the transfer. I, I wouldn't advise taking a hit 
to get Salah. Um, maybe if you think he is the best captain, you could argue that it's fine to get him. But in that case, you probably should have just picked him in game week one. If you're like Chris and you've got 3.5 in the bank, Rashford to Salah captain, if you think Salah's the best captain this week, I think that's absolutely fine to do so. You've got the luxurious, you're in the luxurious position of having the cash and having the option to do that. And like I said, you could always get Rashford back afterwards. It's, those kind of moves always have the potential to blow up. You could get Salah, he could blank, Rashford could do well. But again, who would I rather own this week? Salah at Bournemouth or Rashford at Tottenham after Rashford's disappointing performance game week one? The answer is Salah, especially if you've got the armband. So let me know if you go ahead with that, that Chris, and I hope it works out for you. I say I hope it works out for you. I don't relate because I don't own Salah, but you know what I mean. If you go for it, I hope the FPL gods are good to you and that you don't get stung too badly by the transfer. Question from Ryan. As a De Bruyne owner, I'm looking at replacements this week in this order. Number one, Luis Diaz, potential captain. Number two, Madison. Number three, Foden. It's funny, we had a question there about selling Foden, and here's Ryan thinking about buying Foden. Um, my advice would be, I probably wouldn't buy Foden. I really like Madison as a long-term pick. I also like Diaz as a short-term pick. You've got to weigh it up. Do you want to go for the short-term Diaz against Bournemouth? And then maybe move him to Madison afterwards, or do you want to just go straight to Madison? The kind of manager I am, I would just go straight to Madison, get that spot locked in your team, and then the next transfer you make can be something else. Rather than going Diaz this week, then Madison. If you go Madison straight away, you can then maybe get yourself one step ahead uh, the following game week. Final question this week is from Jeff Lucas. Is Ollie Watkins a viable captain option? Yeah, I think he is. He's, got, he's at home to Everton. That's a good fixture for any attacker. But... He's not a better captain than Salah or Haaland. I would probably put Saka ahead of Watkins this week as well. I'm going Saka as my vice captain with Erling Haaland captain. So that tells you Watkins is probably third in my pecking order of armbands this week. But if you're stuck, if you're struggling for captaincy candidates, if you don't have Salah, if you don't have Haaland, if you don't have Saka, you know chances are pretty slim that you don't have any of them. But if you don't, for some reason, then Ollie Watkins is absolutely fine as a captain at home to Everton. To wrap up this week's episode, we've got captaincy transfers and my team for the weekend. Give me two captaincy. I think it's pretty straightforward. If you've got Salah, I think you captain him at home to Bournemouth, by far and away the best fixture of the weekend. And Erling Haaland, if you don't have Salah, is the next best at home to Newcastle. I will be on Erling Haaland, and like I said, it's going to be Saka, I think, as my vice-captain. In terms of transfers for Game Week 2, there was nothing I really, really wanted to do. I'm very interested in James Madison, but I'm quite happy to wait until Game Week 3 for that one. Give Rashford and Bruno another week to perform. And if they don't, it's an easy move from one of them to Madison. In terms of my team for Game Week 2, I'm going to start Turner over Johnston because he's got a much better fixture. I'm going to bench Gabriel and I'm going to play Shaw. You know, I was tempted to gamble on the start for Gabriel, but I just think on current information, I don't need to take a chance. I'm going to hope now that Crystal Palace score against Arsenal, whether Gabriel starts or not. Hopefully I don't need him from the bench. I'm going to play Luke Shaw instead. I'm not expecting a clean sheet for Manchester United either against Tottenham, but at least I know Luke Shaw will play. So give me the player that's going to be on the team sheet, and that's the player I'm always going to put in my starting eleven. So my team is looking like Turner, Chilwell, Estupin and Luke Shaw. Midfield of Saka, Martinelli, Bruno and Rashford. And up front, Erling Captain, Ollie Watkins and Joe Pedro. Good team on paper. 
hopefully a good team in reality. Best of luck for the gaming folks and have a great weekend. I'll be back with another episode on Monday at midday to look back on the action and to preview Game Week 3. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Any support there is very much appreciated. Talk to you on Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network.